Welcome to another edition of the Volunteer State. Blake Topmeyer alongside the Knoxville News Sentinels, Adam Sparks and John Adams. As it's interesting, as we think about Tennessee's rivalries, I got to thinking about uh, this baseball series that Tennessee played here about a week ago against Ole Miss down in Oxford, and you had Lane Kiffin throwing out the first pitch before a game, had the golf ball make an appearance. Tennessee players were celebrating with a mustard bottle. And then you think back to to that football game last year between Ole Miss and Tennessee. Is Ole Miss the, uh, the new rival for the Vols? Step aside third Saturday in October, move aside the games with Florida from the 90s. Is Ole Miss moving into a higher prominence of, of rival pecking order with Tennessee? Well, I mean, they don't they don't play enough. That's the issue. I do think it's fun if you can take a rivalry in one sport and sort of transfer it to another sport. It's kind of rare that you can do that. Uh, so if, if it could be in baseball and then you move that over to football, that'd be fine. But unless realignment comes with Texas and Oklahoma coming in uh, in a few years, unless realignment happens to where they're playing Ole Miss regular, regularly, I don't see that as being a rivalry. I mean, the, and also the Lane Kiffin element is all that's driving that. I mean, you referenced it there. Back in the 90s, Florida and Tennessee started off as rivals because of Steve Spurrier. It, it wasn't like that was necessarily a natural thing. Florida was really good. Tennessee was really good. And Steve Spurrier poked Phil Fulmer, and that's what got it going. The rivalry with Ole, Ole Miss is almost completely reliant on, on Lane Kiffin. And give Tennessee's fan base some credit here. They are they're passionate to the point that they're sort of uh, when it comes to rivalries, they're sort of the, the, the hammer in search of a nail, you know, that they, they need somebody to hate. They need somebody to go after. And, you know, I I mean, Alabama has won 15 in a row over Tennessee. Uh, Florida's won 16 of of 17 over Tennessee. Georgia's won 10 of the last 12. So the teams that, that should be Tennessee's rivals in football, it's just not there. Rivalries are supposed to be, the teams are supposed to be somewhat parallel. You're not supposed to be looking up to your rival regularly, and you're not supposed to be looking down, which is why, you know, even though Kentucky, you know, has taken, what, one or two from Tennessee in the last decade, uh, Tennessee doesn't want Kentucky to be a rival. Kentucky's supposed to be below Tennessee in football. Vanderbilt was even for Tennessee uh, over about the previous decade. But again, Tennessee should not be parallel with Vanderbilt. They should be looking down at Vandy in football. So, there's just not much of a natural rival with Tennessee right now in football because there's not many uh, that are sort of their contemporaries in football. Well, maybe Tennessee and uh, South Carolina can become rivals. Both had success last year in the first-year coaches. Uh, as far as Ole Miss goes, even though they didn't play each other, the fact that Lane Kiffin was at Tennessee and left under such controversial circumstances – you saw the crowd uh, for that game this past season in Neyland Stadium. The fans were just, they were enraged with Kiffin before the before the first blown call or the first fake injury. So I, I just think Lane Kiffin, it's an odd situation, but the coach adds, can create a rivalry, and maybe they won't play that often, but when they do, if Lane Kiffin's there still, not that we can really count on that, but if he is, that will certainly do something. And you also look at these two programs. There are some similarities right now. 
they're trying to move their way up into that upper hierarchy, which is kind of hard to do uh, when you got Alabama in the West and Georgia in the East ahead of you. But they're kind of in that middle area. And I think Tennessee fans look at what Kiffin's done at Ole Miss and hope Josh Heupel, both really good offensive coaches, can do the same for Tennessee. It's interesting, guys. I think if um, if you ask like people who live in Memphis about Tennessee Ole Miss, you might get a, a stronger sense for for a rivalry there. You know, Memphis is such an interesting place with with a variety of fan bases. Of course, you have the folks that root for Memphis, but you have Vols fans, you have Ole Miss fans, you know, some Mississippi State fans. Really, just scattershot. Even Auburn, Arkansas, Arkansas, they, Arkansas yeah, yeah, and, and so and it's. It was back in the fall. I was talking to a, a Tennessee season ticket holder uh, named Dwayne Bird. He lives in a Memphis suburbs, and he talked about buying his house down there, and he moved in, and it used to be an Ole Miss fan that lived there, and he knew that. And so when he moved in, he, per- he performed an exorcism to get rid of the the evil Ole Miss spirits, and I think it kind of speaks to the mindset of someone living in Memphis. It's like, you know, if you're a Vol fan, you don't want to hear about Ole Miss, and and vice versa, I'm sure. So I think in different parts of the state, you know, the idea of, of a Ole Miss-Tennessee clash probably resonates a little stronger, uh, particularly in that Memphis area. But, John, as you know, and, and Adam, you know, even you can probably recall this, before the SEC went to division format, it was Tennessee playing teams like Auburn and Ole Miss on a regular basis, on an annual basis, is really the division format that came in with the addition of South Carolina and Arkansas that disrupted games like Tennessee and Ole Miss. And then when they went to, to from 12 to 14 teams, it made those matchups even more infrequent. And, it, and as you said, Adam, it's like you got to play a team enough to be a rival with them. I, I think if Tennessee just played Ole Miss more, this could become one of their, their top rivals. Because of Memphis, it's kind of a, yeah, you have University of Memphis there, but there's a SEC contingent from Ole Miss and Tennessee, or the probably the most pro- prominent fan bases there. So where a rivalry, it not so much on the field, but in recruiting. I mean, Ole Miss figures it can get a recruit from Memphis, and Tennessee looks at those are in-state players, so it should have a, a have, be prominent there at having Memphis as a recruiting base, that could factor into it as far as a rivalry goes. And I wonder with fans, even though they're not playing each other, do you think Ole Miss fans pull against Tennessee? Not because of Kiffin being there now, but simply because there are a lot of Tennessee fans in Memphis. And I wonder if Ole Miss fans pull against Tennessee And Tennessee fans in Memphis, we don't think about it here in Knoxville, 380 miles away, but I wonder if Tennessee fans in in Memphis care about Ole Miss in a negative way and hope Ole Miss loses. I think there's so much to this about how the fans, aside from the teams, how the fans view these other programs, especially when there's a figure at the top of it like, like Kiffin. I don't even know that I have an answer to this. Maybe I should ask you guys. But if you think about the the people in so-called rivalries that have really trolled Tennessee, their fan base, have infuriated Tennessee fans, if you think over the past, uh, what, 30 years or so, in football, right now it's Kiffin. Uh, Tennessee fans can't stand Kiffin. He trolls them back. He enjoys it. 
I mentioned before in the nineties, it was Steve Spurrier really would take shots at, at Phil Fulmer in Tennessee. And you can't spell citrus bowl without UT and that sort of thing. If you go over to the lady Vols, who is it that would take shots at UT uh, routinely in the nineties and early two thousands, Gino Ariema. And if you think about those three troll jobs, so to speak, it was more the opponent taking shots at Tennessee. Uh, Phil Former didn't go back at Spurrier that much. Uh, <laughs> Pat Summit almost seemed like she was above that sort of rhetoric. And Josh Hopple, it's not like Josh Hopple is, you know, taking shots at Lane Kiffin. Most of it's sort of an eye roll and a shoulder shrug. I don't know what that is. M- maybe that's Tennessee fans reacting more to that, uh, to that opponent more than vice versa. But d- do you guys have any theories of why, these figures always go after Tennessee and maybe Tennessee doesn't retaliate as much. I can't pinpoint that. I also remember that for one year, Lane Kiffin was Tennessee's guy. So, I mean, he might've been taking shots at Ole Miss if he just stayed longer. He was taking I, shots at urban Meyer. It's, it's he fun whenever he's at, yeah. at, at urban Meyer. It, it's, I, I do think a coach can make a difference. Uh, what would be interesting if Lane Kiffin, were at Kentucky. Mark Stoops is not the kind of guy that needles opposing coaches, but he's done a pretty good job at Kentucky. As you pointed out, Tennessee is still dominating that rivalry, but there have been just enough setbacks and close games in the last few years to to kind of get the rivalry, give it give it more of a life. But if if Lane Kiffin were at Kentucky, he beat Tennessee the way Mark Stoops did a couple of years ago when when uh, Jeremy Pruitt was running the show. That could really do wonders for the Kentucky-Tennessee rivalry. Does any program in America have more rivals, quote-unquote, than Tennessee? I mean, if you think about it, I think you can make a case for Tennessee having five rivals. I mean, of course you have Alabama. Then you have, I guess in no particular order after Alabama, you have Florida, you have Vanderbilt, you have Georgia, you have Kentucky. And I, I threw out there, I think if not for the SEC expansion interrupting the frequency with which Tennessee plays Auburn and Ole Miss, you can maybe even throw them into the conversation. But even given that, I still think you could make a case for Tennessee having five rivals. I mean, whether they want to admit it or not, Kentucky and, and Vanderbilt, I think, on some level, are rivals. Tennessee fans maybe don't want to acknowledge that at times, but it's a, it's a rivalry. I'll go back to, I think this is somewhat of a compliment of the program, but as much a compliment of Tennessee's fan base, is that some of those are rooted in the past and tradition, and a lot of schools let those sort of things go. Okay, Alabama was the rival for, for you know, a three quarters of a century or whatever. Well, once Alabama beats you a whole lot, you kind of let that rivalry go. Tennessee fans do not let that rivalry go. It's more of an expectation to get back to where Alabama is to rekindle that rivalry. Um, It's a little bit the same. I mean, it was with Auburn for a while. You don't play them every year now. Kentucky is a traditional rival. Um, When you're beating them by a bunch, you could push that aside. Tennessee fans don't want to. They want to say we dominate our rival uh, with Kentucky. And then, and then Florida, you're picking up a new rival. Uh, like I said, that was more built in the 90s. So I'll go back to what I said before. Tennessee fans are a hammer in search of a nail in a 
and I mean that in a very complimentary fashion, they want rivalries. They don't let them go. They add to them. And I think only a passionate fan base does that. If you're if you're not a passionate fan base, you sort of let those go, go by the wayside when it's when it's convenient. Tennessee fans have long memories. Um, I wrote a couple of years ago a column that Tennessee needs to drop. It would be much better off if it didn't play Alabama every year as its annual rivalry from the SEC West. I, I mean – you said it, 15 straight losses. It's not just that. When you're competing to win a division title, if you're always playing Alabama, then that means Georgia and Florida aren't having to play them every year. I mean, it really makes things more difficult. It's almost as though Tennessee starts out with a loss right away. But the response to that column, very large, it was not even close. Fans were outraged at the idea of dropping the series. And I think that that goes to your point, Adam, is these Tennessee fans, it's what they say about Alabama. And this, well, this everything goes in cycles. Tennessee was on top for a while, then Alabama was on top for a while. There's never been a cycle like this. This is Nick Saban versus a cast of thousands that coached at Tennessee. But Tennessee fans still see Alabama, no matter how many times they get beaten, no matter how badly they get beaten, Tennessee fans still hold on and cling to that. Well, the tide will turn, no pun intended. We'll get back on on top. Our cycle will come. It's the same way with Florida. Even when Florida has dominated that series from the get-go, ever since they were in the same division, Tennessee fans don't, they don't give up against Florida. They still think, well, the next time things will turn or with the next coach, things would turn. So that, yeah, I think that's, that speaks to your point. We don't know guys. And we've talked about this on the pod before. We don't know exactly how the alignment is going to look when Oklahoma and Texas join the conference. There's been, you know, you could, you could keep it simple and do two eight-team divisions. Could be pods, could be recurring scheduling opponents. We don't know that yet. One thing that Greg Sankey, though, has made clear from the start with this conference's expansion is that he doesn't want it to go as long as it does now between playing any opponent in the league. You know, the way it's set up now, if you're not a team's crossover opponent and you're in the other division, you go seven years. You know, seven years of that playing each other. Tennessee went from 2014 to 2021 without playing Ole Miss. So regardless of how it shakes out, what Greg Sankey has said is it's not going to be as long between matchups against any team like it is now. Do you think that stands to improve any rivalries, knowing that, okay, maybe Tennessee's not going to play Ole Miss every year, but it'll at least be more frequent. Do you think that's a, a matchup that maybe stands to rise the ladder a little bit? Maybe will it be Tennessee-Auburn? Um, and do you think any could go the other way, whereas if Tennessee's not going to play them in a year, this is a, a rivalry maybe hanging by a thread, and the only thing keeping it together is is the fact that they play each other every year? Well, if, if Kiffin is still at Ole Miss, um, playing that more frequently will certainly help. Um, if Kiffin is not at Ole Miss, I, I see that sort of fizzling uh, to some extent. Uh, I think one thing about what the new scheduling structure will be is that when fans or, or even reporters look at the schedule year to year, you will almost always have an immediate reaction to whether it's a game you're looking forward to or it's a dud. Um, you know, 
when Texas is on Tennessee schedule for the first time, we'll say, hey, great, Texas, Tennessee, the two UTs, that, that's, that's going to be great. But, you know, if Missouri is in a, in a rotation, ugh, Missouri, I mean, that's a win, but if, you're, if, you're, if Tennessee's good that year, that's a win, but nobody cares about playing the Missouri game. It, even, I mean, I, Texas A&M, I, I kind of shrug my shoulders at a little bit. In a given year, that can be a really good game, and Texas A&M has been good the last few years. But there are certain games within this conference when it comes around to the schedule for Tennessee, you say absolutely that's one to look forward to. And then other years, it, it and then other teams would just be a dud. And Ole Miss right now would be in the look forward to uh, category. And with Lane Kiffin, it certainly would be. I think it probably would be overall. Uh, there's not a lot of duds in this conference, and I don't think Ole Miss would ever be in danger uh, of being one of those. The Auburn game, I think, is the best for Tennessee because I think that's a comparable program. I think if you can be in the same pod with them, I think that's a that's a that's a good game to have every year. Of all the additions to the conference, I think Missouri has been the most difficult for the program to fit in. Part of that has to do with geography. Part of it has to do with the fan base. It's just not as uh, it's not as uh, extroverted as as most SEC fans base. It, it doesn't let you know how it feels. And you go to a game in Missouri, and Blake's covered Missouri, so he knows this better than Adam and I. But you go to a game there, and it doesn't really seem like an SEC venue. And you could say the same thing with Vanderbilt, but that's a different story. It's supposed to be that way. You accept that. But with Missouri, it's had more success, but you don't feel like it's a, an SEC program, even though it's been in the league a while. And and so it's hard to imagine Tennessee ever being a rivalry a rival with Missouri. But I really think, and you mentioned it, Adam, but I really think the UT thing, it's kind of silly, but I really think that would be a factor with Texas and Tennessee. Will the real UT stand up? Uh, mm, that's nobody, yeah, that could be the stand-up game. That's what they could call a rivalry. Texas fans, when somebody in Texas says UT, nobody in that state thinks of Tennessee and vice versa. So I, I could see that happening. And I do hope, you know, Psyche makes it sound like it's difficult to play that you can't play other teams more often in this conference. We'll just go to a 10 game conference schedule. Well, part of the problem is the design, the two division format and the designated crossover rival really just limits what you do. Yeah. To your point, John, if you expanded the number of games, that would help, but that, that designated crossover rival gets in a way of, of so much. And I think, however, this conference is realigned, whether it be in divisions, pods, whatever, I don't think you're going to have a designated rival from someone not in your division or pod that you have to play every year. It's it's something that's going to go away. And if they want to maintain rivalries like Alabama, Tennessee, well, they will take care of that in the divisions or pods. So you don't have to worry about the crossover scenario and getting rid of that crossover is going to be so freeing for the schedule and just allow you to see opponents with a, uh, a greater a greater frequency there. But but that just emphasizes how Tennessee fans, I think, may react to like a pod system. That's what it is different than other fan bases. Because if you say, hey, Tennessee, you're, you're, you're only going to play your rival and that's it. Oh, so we're going to play Alabama. 
I mean, Florida. We can't t- take away the Kentucky game. That goes back a, a million years. And they're going to play Vanderbilt, right? Because you want that to be your in-state rival for Tennessee because you get a win. So it's not that Alabama's the obvious one, but most teams in the SEC have that right off the top of their head rival. Uh, Tennessee does, but they'll make a case for three or four others. So when you go to the pod system, Tennessee fans will say, I can't believe we're not still going to play fill-in-the-blank school, somebody besides Alabama, and that could be a number of schools. Yeah, see, I think the Florida rivalry is one. I don't know if I want to say it's hanging by a thread, but I think if Tennessee got to the point where they weren't playing Florida on an annual basis, that rivalry could really start to diminish. It already has diminished since the departures of Steve Spurrier and Philip Fulmer, but I, I think continuing to have it on an, on an annual basis, they've had some some great games over the years. I know you know you have to go back a ways for for some of those games, but even in in recent history, I mean, we didn't know it at the time. That 2017 game, I mean, both those teams wound up being kind of lousy that year. We didn't know it then, and it comes down to that final final play. So there's been some memorable games in that series, but there's just, you know, there's nothing natural holding that together. They didn't historically, you know, it's not a, a rivalry of historical significance. It's not a rivalry of geography. It's a rivalry that's, as you said earlier, Adam, it's, it's a credit to Steve Spurrier and A, how he made that program a success at Florida, and B, the way he successfully needled uh, Tennessee. And so to me, that's one that's like, if, if Tennessee doesn't play them, it's not like it's going to just disappear and mean nothing. But I think, you know, people could maybe forget in some ways that this was ever a, a huge rival for Tennessee in the first place. Yeah, you've got, you've got Twitter rivalry sometimes now. I mean, you think of this generation is a, uh, you, you tell somebody that's, you know, a teenager right now who Tennessee's rival is, uh, They'll say, well, Lane Kiffin, you know, he he trolls us on Twitter all the time and makes fun of us and the game, I threw stuff on the field and he ticked me off so much. And then if you're told by an older generation, well, no, Florida is the rival Oh, because I hate Billy Napier. Is that, is that why? (laughs) Is that because of the great games that have been over the years? It's, yeah, well, let me tell you about, you know, (laughs) 25 years ago. So I, I do think different generations sort of digest this a little little differently too. I think it's interesting, whereas Tennessee has so many rivals, you look at these other schools, Florida, Georgia, historically is a, is a bigger rivalry. Uh, I mean, Florida, if you ask Florida who its top two rivals were, I think most Florida fans would say Georgia and Florida State because Florida State, though not in the conference, has been really good at times and certainly was under Bobby Bowden for decades. So, and you look at Alabama, well, it's number one rival is Auburn. And because of the in-state deal, then you really go to LSU because those teams have competed for championships so many times against one another. They were one, two in the division. I don't know how fans would react from Alabama if the rivalry, the Tennessee rivalry was, was no longer an annual affair, Uh, I think they would probably, the way it's going now, they would regret that. They'd look at that as a sure win. But in terms of, I just don't think Alabama fans view the rivalry now quite the way Tennessee fans do. Yeah, to your point, John, I think if you look at things from the perspective of the opposing fan base, Vanderbilt considers Tennessee to be their number one rival. Kentucky considers Tennessee to be their number one rival. Tennessee fans wouldn't necessarily 
consider that. They a lot of Tennessee fans, it's split. Not everybody's in agreement. Part of it depends on your age, but a lot of Tennessee fans would say, you know, we most would point to Alabama, but others, like say maybe around Adam and I's age in their 30s or 40s, might point to Florida. But as you said, John, those schools don't consider Tennessee to be their number one rival. So it kind of goes round and round we go. You know, who you consider to be your number one rival, they may not necessarily agree with that. And part of that's success, right? If you have the upper hand in the rivalry for a long time, like Alabama has had here for 15 years against Tennessee, or like Tennessee has had historically against Kentucky, then maybe you don't consider them your number one rival. Well, and also some of the schools have that non-conference rival that Tennessee doesn't have as naturally because, I mean, uh, John mentioned it before, Florida has Florida State. Uh, South Carolina has Clemson. Kentucky can also count Louisville. Um, and you can go on down the list. Texas and Texas A&M, I guess, if, could have had that if Texas wasn't coming into the conference. But you 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 do have non-conference rivalries um, throughout the conference, and, and Tennessee doesn't necessarily have that. I guess Ole Miss almost has that feel a little bit because you don't play them very often, but when you do, it's it's sort of a big deal. Uh, Tennessee could use that. Memphis Memphis doesn't feel that. Um, you know, maybe in a different universe, if Memphis was really good over a long stretch of time, it could. But but I don't really see that. Tennessee has the same issue with that as they do what we talked about with Kentucky and Vanderbilt. You seem like you're looking down, and you can't have a rivalry if you're looking down. It's got to be parallel. Well, and I don't think Tennessee is going to step on the same field as. Memphis anytime soon either. So you got to play them as well. As well. I, I think really the, the best way to judge a rivalry and who's your biggest rivalry is you ask yourself, which school do you hate the most? And which school would you most like to see lose? That's your biggest rival. And I don't know that there'd be consensus on that throughout Tennessee's fan base. I think Tennessee, most Tennessee fans would prefer Georgia lose than Alabama lose right now. I may get a, a, a thousand hate emails over that, but I'm talking about right now because I do feel like there's a little bit of a respect factor with Nick Saban as opposed to a hate factor. Don't like that guy. He wins all the time, but I got to respect the fact that he wins. And uh, I think more with Georgia, there's a little more envy. And, and envy turns into hate. I don't see as much envy, I think, with, with Tennessee towards Alabama. Yeah, and they're the new kids on the block, too. And and now you can't make that joke of, well, when was the last time they won a national championship? It's been since 1980. You know, they finally got that off their back. So, yeah, I could see that as where Georgia is the one that it just pains Tennessee fans the most to see succeed. I don't think it would be unanimous, but I think you could make a good case for, for that. I had a couple of people tell me before the – the championship game they they were pulling they were pulling for Alabama and I was surprised at that it's because Alabama wins all the time and you just kind of let that go and it is in the other division and Nick Saban is regarded as Adams pointed out such a great coach so there's some respect there Kirby Smart doesn't command that kind of respect despite all his success I think fans look at him and say boy I'd like to beat him you know, and Saban's kind of above it all now. He's been there so long, won so many championships. But Georgia, you just think, no, Georgia shouldn't be this good. I mean, even in the division, when the division started, as you look back on it, it was really Tennessee, Florida going at it head to head in the 90s. And then Florida had some success in the 2000s under Urban Meyer. 
in Georgia was always just kind of the the runner up. I think now there a lot of Tennessee fans will really hope Georgia loses this upcoming season, particularly since they just won a title. All right, guys, I enjoyed the conversation. Plenty to talk about when it comes to Tennessee and and rivals. They're at no shortage of one, and and uh, as we said, as long as Lane Kiffin's at Ole Miss, and as long as those teams are playing each other with some level of regularity. That one could be inching up the charts a little bit. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Volunteer State.